We left off speaking of uh, the vision of Ezekiel continuing from chapter 1 in chapter 10. There he said, I looked and there in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared something like a sapphire stone having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. So it's an identical ending or identical resumption of what ended in chapter 1 because we saw the four living creatures moving together, standing at rest under the throne uh, and the person on the throne being the one clothed in the glory of God. Except that here, when he picks up the reference, he refers to the four living creatures as the cherubim, the cherubim. Now, an examination of the, of the passage would find that the word cherubim is the word kabod, K-R-U-W-B, karub, karub, from which we get the word cherub, karub, cherub. Now that's from Strong's uh, Concordance, for those of you who are interested, it's 3742. But uh, that's all you will get uh, from the Strong's reference. However, if you were to uh, look in the um, Genesis Hebrew Chaldee lexicon of the Old Testament, that is uh, corroborated with the Strong's Concordance, under that number, 3742, you'll find a reference to a scholar's essay or a scholar's dissertation on Karubs or cherubs. And the scholar's name is uh, Rodigier, R O D I G E R, Rodigier's dissertation. So I'll quote from Rodigier's dissertation on Karub or cherub. Uh, he says, from the Semitic source we have the following conjectures. The word is derived from A-R-A-V-I-T and means the plower or the ox as it is used in Ezekiel 1.10. This is derivation most generally adopted uh, by metathesis from the chariot, etc., etc. And he references the fact that rather than the scriptures quoting from ancient Babylonian text and the like, that the scriptures actually present a very uh, complete picture 
in the form of the four faces that has been executed on um, walls in Babylon and Egypt that do show uh, winged um, winged uh, 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 lions with faces of men and the like. So he's making the point, and I entirely agree, that in order to convey uh, this biblical vision, he refers to things that are commonly known or known with some commonality in the world in which he lives, and he lives in Babylon at this time. So the point is that the word cherub is actually a reference to one of the four living creatures, and that in particular is the ox. So reading that now as being the representation of the same four living creatures. He said, I looked and there in the firmament above the head of the cherub, four living creatures, cherubim, there appeared something like a sapphire throne, having the appearance and likeness of a throne. And now command was given to one, a man clothed in linen, to take, uh, uh, to take fire uh, from amongst the coals under the cherub, under, among the wheels of the cherub, because remember, there was fire, there was a lot of fire and light and lightning and all of the rest of it from among them, and he did that and scatter it over the city, which would be the city of Jerusalem. Now the cherubim was standing on the south side of the temple when a man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple and the house was filled with the cloud and the court was filled with the brightness of the Lord's glory. It goes on to say, the sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court like the voice of the Almighty when He speaks. And it continues on. Now, just another reading in the same 10th chapter, when I looked there were four wheels by the cherubim, of course, that would be confusing if we didn't understand that cherubim was the, actually the, the word that described all four creatures and that word was for the plower or the ox. One, so when I looked there were four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by, another, by each of the cherubs. The wheels appeared to have the color of beryl, and for their appearance all four looked alike, as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. When they went, they went toward any of the four directions, they did not turn aside, 
Again, you have the whole description exactly as spoken of before in chapter 1 and uh, including and their whole body with their back, their hands, their wings and, and the wheels that had the four, uh, that the four had were full of eyes all around, wheels that were called in my hearing wheels. Each one had four faces, the first face was the face of the cherub, the ox, the second face was that of a man, the third face of the lion, and the fourth face of the eagle. So here in verse 14 of Ezekiel 10, he actually describes the cherub as the ox and names the other, four, the other three faces. So there's no, no issue here. Um, and the cherubim were lifted up, there was the living creature. I saw by the river Chabar, when the cherubim went, the wheels went with them, and so on and so on. Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and, and the like. I would encourage you to finish the reading of, uh, of um, Ezekiel 10. So when we think now to go back and, and pull all of this together, let's go back to the book of Revelation uh, chapter 6 to conclude our session on the four living creatures. In chapter 6 he's talking about uh, the four horsemen. Among the third of the four, he says, and when, he, when the Lamb opened the, the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius, or a day's wage, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine." Now, we have explored who the four living creatures are. They are the corporate man. Now there's a voice that speaks from in the midst of them, and we ask the question at the beginning, who was that voice? We saw earlier in chapter 4 of the book of Revelation that the four living creatures surrounded the Lamb, surrounded the Lamb. When you, when you surround something, the voice that speaks from in the midst of that is the thing you have surrounded. Who then is the voice that speaks in the midst of the four living creatures? The Lamb, the Lamb. What does He have to say? The, leave aside the, the fact 
that the voice of God is, is like the sound of the wings of the four living creatures. So it's appropriate to conclude what the, what the Lamb has to say, He is intentionally speaking from in the midst of the four living creatures, giving them the right to declare what He has to say. What is my point? My point is that the glorified, matured, coming of age, the third year, the fourth month, the fifth day, mature body of Christ will speak what the Lamb is saying. We won't be out of step with what He's doing. And because the ways of God are communicated by decrees, the the four living creatures make the decrees of the Lamb. Heaven and earth would pass away before His word would not stand firmly. So my point is that now in this time, we must understand that the Lamb is speaking from in the midst of His brethren. That's what Hebrews says. Look at this from the book of Hebrews, uh, the the second chapter. It says, He will speak from in the midst of His brethren. After Hebrews 2.11, the following is said, I'm coming quickly to it, Uh, he will say, he quotes the scriptures uh, and says, uh, quotes the Psalms and he says, uh, for it is fitting, this is verse 10, for it is fitting for him from whom all things and by whom all things are, in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he who makes men holy and those who are made holy are one. For for this reason he is not ashamed to call us brethren, saying, I will declare your name, this is verse 12 of Hebrews 2, I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in Him. And again, here I am and the children whom God has given me. Inasmuch then as the children have been partakers of flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity that he might destroy death, that that through death rather he might destroy him who has the power over death that is the devil and release those through fear of death were held in bondage their whole lifetime. For indeed it is not to angels that he gives aid, but he gives aid to the seed of Abraham. Therefore, in him all things he had to be made, therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in all things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself suffered being tempted, 
He is able to aid those who are tempted. So the term propitiation is the word box like the Ark of the Covenant. He is the box. He is the, so whoever is in the box is associated with how the box looks. Right? So if we're in Christ, we are propitiated, we're in the box. What is on the box that is called the Ark of the Covenant? Two cherubim. Two cherubim whose wings overlap is called the mercy seat. It is the picture of those who carry the word of the covenant, the word of the propitiated people in the earth. (laughs) This is the cherubim, the four living creatures who are collectively referred to as the cherubim. They speak the word of God in the earth. They have the authority to declare the mysteries of God that have been enfolded in the person of Christ, who is the Ark of the Covenant, who is the propitiation, who is the means of our reconciliation to God. And when they speak, Christ speaks, today in the earth. Now, let's let's end up on on this final piece because I want to show you something about the message that is spoken. He says, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts, the voice from inside of the, among the living creatures is saying, giving decree to what this crooked weight and measure, this unfair scale, this uneven weight and measure uh, that is being deployed on the earth by the four living creatures, uh, excuse me, by the, the ride on the black horse to bring death and destruction to mankind through famine. They're limited and this creature, this evil spirit bringing death and destruction through famine is under a decree which says a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. The the voice from the four living creatures tells the horseman what he can or can't do. He can sell a quart of wheat for a day's wage and he can sell three quarts of barley for a day's wage, but he cannot harm the oil and the wine. What is that about? One of the most important passages of the Old Testament, in my estimation, is the book of Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. And I want you to come and look at this chapter with me because it contains a promise from God to Israel. That was a natural fulfillment of that promise. However, it was meant to represent an inheritance given to the sons of God at the end of the age. So, 
Here's what God has to say. He tells Israel first, every command I've commanded you, obey and observe. And verse 2, and you shall remember the Lord your God led you all the way for forty years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep His commandments. So He humbled you, allowing you to hunger and fed you with manna which neither you nor your fathers had known. This is Jesus speaking, this, this, this same passage would be quoted by Jesus in John chapter 6, the day after He had fed the multitudes, 5,000, with five barley loaves and two fish. For in the hand of Jesus, in the hand of, of the Sovereign One, the rough food of barley, five barley loaves, three measures for a day's wage, could become food for a multitude. But I'm a little bit ahead of my time, ahead of my statement here. Allowed you to hunger so he could feed you. Listen, when you go through adversity, it is it is not for uh, is not without purpose. In the adversity of hunger, the threat is real. Therefore, the solution is real, that you may be fed by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that's what he says to them. I taught you. I led you through to teach you this, that a man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now long after this sojourn in the wilderness was over, Jesus returns to this same narrative in John 6 to set up the principle that the twelve loaves of bread, for show, were representative of an economy greater than the economy of manna because that would be the bread of His presence. Hence, you shall not eat, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Okay? So when He brings Israel into the land of promise, He wants them not to forget that. Of verse 6 or verse 5, you should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord chastens you. Therefore, you should keep the commands of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Lord your God is bringing you into an inheritance, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. So what's the first, what's the first thing of necessity when you come into your inheritance? The Word of God. The Word of, what has He just gotten through telling them? A man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when you come into your inheritance, 
the word of God will be abundant in your inheritance. It's the first thing to note. And it's described in the physical land as brooks of water, number one, fountains, number two, and springs. So there'll be rivers flowing through, there will be water oozing out of the side of the mountain as a spring, and water gushing forth from the earth. Three pictures of the Word of God, and they would represent such matters as the permanent understanding of the Word of God, they would repre- which would be the rig- brooks of water. They would represent the kairos of God, when the water springs out of the side of the hill as a spring, and the fountains where there is a, a time in the world where the, 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 the secret things of God are opened up for His people. Three forms of the Word, the regular flowing of the Word of God, the spontaneous words of knowledge and revelation, and moments when the, the whole, the entire time frame is defined by the pouring forth of the Word of God. And I say to you that at this time we have all three. Now then he goes on to say, alright, so you'll have water in the land, and then it'll be a land of wheat and barley, abundance of wheat and barley. Wheat is what you make fine flour from, barley a coarser flour. The idea here being that you'll have both. But what does the rider on the black horse do? He's he's choking off your supply. He's saying to you, you'll have to give a day's wage for a measure of wheat, and a day's wage for two measures of barley, but your land was promised to be a land of barley, uh, wheat and barley. And what could you not touch? The oil and the wine. A land of wheat and barley, of vines, that's wine, and fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat without scarcity, a land in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which He has given to you. So what's the antidote for corrupt and and perverse wages, uh, uh, weights and measures? You cannot harm the oil and the wine. You can only express this sense of deprivation over the earth that is not covered by the provision and protection of the Lamb. They still have their land with brooks of water, the Word of God flowing in all three forms.
They will live by this water because this water will provide for them wheat and barley in abundance, natural food and spiritual food, oil and wine, anointing coming in the context of those who have been saved. The man who took him, the man, the good Samaritan, when he took the man in, poured into his wounds oil and wine and brought him to a safe haven of rest where he could be recovered and restored. These four living creatures represent an awesome picture of the finished work, the man in the image and likeness of God. They are the cherubim of the earth. They are the voice, they are the voices that speak as the one voice and theirs is a land of abundance and plenty. We're not talking about America, some have foolishly thought. No, we're talking about our righteous inheritance, the inheritance of the saints in light, in which everything everything necessary for life and godliness is your inheritance. I've done much to try to settle the people of God in this time, certainly to the household over which I've been assigned as a father. This word needs to grow up in you quickly, take root quickly, repent from any um, perverse mindsets produced by fear. I did an entire series on overthrow, blockage removal, overthrowing strongholds by which the soul keeps establishing hegemony over the spirit. It is time to step in. This is a time when there are fountains of water flowing. This is not a time for thirst and parchness and dryness. These words are not just advisory opinions. They're the presentations of of food from heaven to transform our thinking, that we might become those who move in perfect harmony together under the rule of the throne of God, who possess within the body of a man and the spirit of a man, possess the spirit of the ruler, who possess the intractable determination of the ox and who soar on the wings of the spirit of prophecy, who can see the past, who understand the present, who can see the future, the four living creatures, the ones who carry, who encircle the Lamb and carry out His commands faithfully in the earth the cherubim of God. Continue to be blessed. We'll we'll have much more to say as we continue to unpack the prophetic scriptures of Daniel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and of course the Revelation. Grace and peace be with you always. Amen.